Alexander, it's Ivan. You know, from work. Hello and welcome to Hosts of Ascalon. I, that I can't pronounce anymore. Hosts of Ascalon, a Guild Wars 2 podcast where enthusiastic fans take a walk down memory lane. I am Alona and I am joined by Hashtag and Boots. Hello. Boots. Boots. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> I'm a Pokemon. You're my, you're my texting buddies. <laughs> Before we get started, a reminder, you can get in touch with us with questions, comments, or just for funsies by emailing us at hostofascalon at gmail.com or on Twitter at hostofascalon. And we have a Patreon to help offset the cost of our podcast hosting service. You can find it at patreon.com slash hostofascalon. If you choose to support the show through our Patreon, thank you. And we actually had a few new Patreons in the past week and a bit, so you guys are awesome. Thank you. Oh, wow. Okay. As are anyone who chooses to support us. Thank you. First up is Chivos. Wait. No. Wait. Wait. We're Wait. all about 10 years of G-Dub 2. This episode, <laughs> this episode is all about a decade in this game. In this game that brought us all together. Uh, no news. No what we did. None of that. Unless it kind of comes up. In I mean, there our is a lot of news, though. <laughs> there was, listen, we've had, what, June, July? Uh, like, you've had, like, Three, almost three months of news. <laughs> three months of news. And yeah. Okay. So how about 10 years of news? We've mm. had 10 years of news. That's for sure. But we're only, I mean, ups and downs, but mostly ups. I would say mostly ups. Mm-hmm. Mostly ups. Uh, so I have some topics just that we could go through to kind of keep us in order. Uh, the first one is pre-launch hype. I, I noticed so. that there's a bit of a theme to these. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> there, there, there might be a lot of uh, hype, hype, <laughs> hype enough to hype. Uh, so I guess it's the how how much did you guys keep up on Guild Wars Two news prior to the game coming out? I guess for me, a lot. Like I, was, I played Guild Wars One, right? And then yeah. in my mind, Guild Wars One was like a fantastic game, and I feel I felt back then like the only thing is missing. Is the ability Jumping. to jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feel your pain. And, and yeah. And then when Guild Wars 2 was announced and it turns out that it had jumping, I was like, oh, man. Not only that, <laughs> you could originally jump while you were sitting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> when, when, was it in one of the betas? It was one of the betas. And sleeping, I think, too, right? Yeah. Uh, you could hit the jump while you were sitting or uh-huh. sleeping and you were just like, up in the air while still in the position of sitting or sleeping. And yeah, it was so I mean, the amount of, ju- of jumping options you had was uh, was infinitely more than Guild Wars 1, so I was very impressed. Uh, no, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely was paying a lot of attention to it. I remember watching, you know, like a lot of the, what was it called? The, not the m- memorandum, the... Manifesto. Manifesto. Mm-hmm. And being very interested in that. Um, and then, you know, watching the weekly or daily or whatever it was, wooden potatoes <laughs> videos <laughs> before the launch as well. Those yeah. and, uh, there was Guildcast and Guildcast. Yeah. I've watched a lot of Guildcast and actually, uh, Guild Wars Reporter, uh, when before, before I was ever on it, yeah. then I, I would All listen right. to that one quite regularly. And, and I was listening to Guildcast, you know, when it was, was it Sean and Ruby were the hosts? Hmm. way back it was a guild wars one podcast 
that transitioned into Guild Wars 2 podcast. So I was very, very, very much in up on the news. Like I have the the magazine, uh, the gaming mag. It was, oh, which one? It was Gamers, PC Gamer. Was that it? That yeah, had probably. The, uh, yep, yep. And then there was an article in it about like the the shifting of the world or something with like, that was the uh, name of the article. I can't remember exactly, but it, it was very confusing. <laughs> and it turns out that there was a page missing out of it. So like one chunk <laughs> of this article was just not there. Uh-huh. So you can, you can apparently read the whole thing online now, but what about you? Hashtag, were you like an early adopter or, or were you something, someone that was excited later on? So my origin story is a little bit different. I don't want to jump ahead too much. I'll just give you a preview. So my origin story is that I came into the game January after it launched. So about five, six months later. And I can tell that story, but I don't want to jump ahead past mm-hmm. launch yet. But I, it was not on my radar at all until that January. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, so I guess, Boots, you did the... The betas, the heads, yeah. The, the betas. And I... So the first beta was coming out and my husband and I were driving uh, from Canada down to Texas to visit friends that had moved down there. So you canceled the trip. No, we, we (laughs) rolled into town like hours, like just as the beta was starting and we had our laptop and I said, hello to my friend and plugged in the laptop and was (laughs) playing the beta on their kitchen table. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> After this long drive to Not be able to drive. play. <laughs> yeah. And I made uh, I made a Norn Ranger was the very first character I ever made in the game. Wow. Did you have a character named Alona in Guild Wars 1 or was that purely a Guild Wars 2 construct? Uh, I My character in Guild Wars 1 is named Alan Wren. Same last name, Alona. So it's Alan Wren Horan. And then... Yeah. And then okay. Alona Horan is uh, her descendant. So that's why I made a human when I did that. Okay. Did you, yeah. have, what did you do for your uh, beta? So yeah, I played, I played the betas. I made, I made a Norn warrior and I, and I went through some of the Norn zones, went up and killed that. So actually that, that, that first beta was when I first created the world Avengers YouTube channel. Oh, and my first videos were of me in the Guild Wars 2 beta and uh, basically trying to convince my friends to get Guild Wars 2. <laughs> I, I made these videos and it was like explaining what I was doing. I, I, I like played the video for them and talked to them and tried to explain like what was happening in the game and, and what's cool about it and stuff like that. And uh, and that was yeah, that was my first videos. I don't know if they're still on the channel. I might have gotten rid of them because they're like very outdated, but they might be there somewhere. <laughs> no, um, no, they're not outdated. They're vintage. They're very vintage. Like limited editing is just like over, you know, a voiceover over. I think I used back then Windows Movie Maker for editing the videos. <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah. I still and, get served up uh, Minecraft with my girlfriend. Right. Video so yeah, Minecraft with my girlfriend, by the way. Uh, came to be because I was waiting between the Guild Wars 2 betas and the release for for Guild Wars 2 to come out. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to play something? Is there any other games out there right now? And it was Minecraft. And and yeah, and that's what that that took off for some reason. Like the fifth episode of that of that series 
got a million views or something for no reason. <laughs> Just <laughs> zero <cool>. reasons. <laughs> um, like the first four videos, n- oh, no. <laughs> and then, and then the videos after that, no, I think, I mean, it, like, you know, it's kind of a, not a bell curve, but like a spike curve because mm-hmm. of it. But, um, but that was weird. And, but Guild Wars 2 is also the reason why my Minecraft with my girlfriend existed. Huh. I had no idea, but that's very cool. Yeah. I, uh, and then launch, I, well, head start. So obviously you, I guess, I guess it was head start, not launch that we had friends over. They actually, they bunked at our place and we all got together and played until yeah. like three in the morning <laughs> when, <laughs> when we used to do stuff like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 10 years ago and it was a lot of fun yeah and I, I still think a great april fool's joke would be for them to roll back everything temporarily to launch Ooh. settings Ooh. oh my goodness <laughs> with the oh. get me out of this meet like get out of jail free card like yes <laughs> like honestly, just so, so yeah that I would be hilarious mm-hmm. but i think from before launch from one of the betas there was a beta event that ended one of the betas. I don't know if you remember this one. I never got to play it because I had to leave. Okay, well, it was pretty great. It was like a... Um, it was a Hunger Games. It was Hunger Games. And when you died, you turned into uh, a branded creature and went off to kill other people. So it's also a little bit like there's that one Halloween awesome. event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and South Sun Survival. And then, and then there's the one Halloween event are Mm -hmm. kind of similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it was, it was wonderful. I think they should really make it into a a PVP game mode. Mm -hmm. Probably. This is going to be so it's silly, but my most vivid memory though, of the betas is the, the devs were pulling up announcing, you know, the, the middle of the screen, yellow announcements that come up like right something's yeah happening oh. over here. and there was the one in uh, queensdale but they said there's an event going on in queensland <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like a bit of a pause like <laughs> no wait queensdale <laughs> <laughs> and i remember that <laughs> i don't know who it was that like which dev was doing those typings in but i i think about that somewhat regularly <laughs> that it's i mean it was a new line. game for them too you know yeah <laughs> they're still learning all the words and they're just like their hands were were doing something that, mm-hmm. on them originally from uh, australia maybe possibly yeah um that reminds me of a few other sometimes they did like announcement before um things were rolled back or things i don't know if it, it was during it was after the beta. This was during the live game, I think, where they made rollbacks or patches were coming. And instead of just saying your game will restart in 10 minutes, there was like sometimes like a sign off. Someone would sign their name and it was like Sharon a lot of the time. Do you remember this? No. Oh, I got to find it. It was like Maybe something, it's... something. And then Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, Sharon would sign her name up at the end of it. It was great. <laughs> That is great. <laughs> I, I wish it was like someone whose name started with E and that was the origin of E or something. Oh. That would be cool. <laughs> All right. So I think we've done pre-launch, head start. We started that, but then we went back to pre-launch. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there's, I remember being very poor for a very long time in this game. Are you talking about 
at launch or? Well, I, it, I'm going to leave it into Head Start and launch. Like, I, I think we can like go into launch at this point because Head Start maybe was too brief of a thing. But uh, it would took forever to get any gold. Like, I think I, I remember it was probably a couple of years before I even had 10 gold in this game. Do you, there's achievements tied for it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I believe it because it was definitely, uh, um, you know, inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just realized I was muted because oh. I was agreeing with you, but 10, 10 gold in two years is a, is a, is a bit extreme. <laughs> I, might, I might be, ex- you know what? I don't even know if I am exaggerating. I, I'll tell you this. Okay. So there's an achievement in game. Yes. And I think it's the title that gives you, I'm rich, you know, yes. And it's 300 gold. I think, is it 300? It used to be 200. I thought it was 300. Okay. It's 300 maybe. Um, but yeah. And that was a lot of money back in the day. I remember I, uh, bought my first precursor to make my first legendary, I think about four to six months into the game. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I bought it like after the the Karka event. Well, yeah, you know? like uh, Abraxatax and Chad is is saying that they got the Abraxatax, who full disclosure is my husband, and <laughs> we were Hi. doing the the South Sun event, and he got the legend as a drop and sold it for three hundred gold, and like literally at that point, I may have had five gold, if that, <laughs> like probably less. Was and he like, was he flaunting it? Was he just yes. like? And he has wanted it for the past 10 years. Let's be yes. clear here. <laughs> but but as, as he's saying in chat, like he doesn't even have a, he doesn't have a legendary yet. He sold it for 300 gold because at the time gold was more important. And kind of, yeah. And yeah, he was, he was, he was rich, you know, with his 300 gold. Yeah. So <laughs> after the Karka event was when the, um, the precursors were at, at well, I, I, this is probably incorrect, but now 10 years later, but for the first couple of years of the game, the Precursors were the cheapest right after the Kark event because they dropped so much. Yeah, I think there might have been a smidge of an error there. Like, literally, <laughs> I think I got my first Precursor drop, like, last... Was it last year I talked about it? Like, nine so. years into the game when I finally got a Precursor drop? <laughs> wow. Still yeah. I think I did... T- well, I, I got a couple of Precursor drops over the years by just shoving a bunch of things into the uh, Mystic wow. Forge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I got a few that way, but my, yeah, my first precursor drop from a mob was two months ago wow. after 10 years. Well, I am yeah. still zero for zero. So, <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the precursor was the howler. So it's not that impressive. Okay. It's like 24 gold or something now. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So uh, the- should I tell my, uh, my launch story? Yes. All right. So, Guild Wars 2 was not on my radar at all. I was teaching English at that time, and I signed up for an online course on um, different ways of interacting with students, um, you know, different virtual ways that you could interact with students. This is the precursor to, it's before there was Zoom, obviously, but it was back when there were... um, Precursor, you say? <laughs> uh, you know, it's legendary the, Zoom. The very early, very slow options of you know, here's your virtual office or Second Life or those sorts of things. And so every week um, there was a different software that was introduced, and we would test it out and kind of play with it and talk about how we could incorporate this in the classroom. Yada yada yada. The last thing in the class 
was Guild Wars 2. And so this was my introduction. We all signed in, got accounts, got logged in, um, joined a guild together, which I believe was Harbingers of Light, but I, I'm not entirely sure. That like mm-hmm. sticks in my mind um, on Sanctum of Raw, and which is still my server to this day. And that's why it's my server. And uh, so we hopped in, um, we toured around all together in a little group, and then we went into WV Dub together and completely like stepped out from um, the spawn and completely wiped uh, and had that experience together. Um, and it was just really fun. I, I remember thinking, because um, I had tried World of Warcraft a little bit before then, um, and I remember it just had a very different feel, and I and I really liked it. But uh, I was in between computers, and I was shifting to a Mac, and at that point, they didn't have a Mac client. So it was a very short uh, experience in, uh, in uh, Guild Wars. Uh, my first character, which I still have, um, is, uh, a, um, oh my gosh. It's been too long since I've been in Guild Wars because I can't even remember names I'm, of I'm things. I'm remembering. I know it. I know it. It's it's not hashtag. Uh, it's, no, it's, it's Aelthrin. I remember thinking it was something else, and I'm like, oh, that character. It's Aelthrin, um, but it's also a, um, wow, what's the word for the little short people in Guild Wars 2? No. Guild Wars 2. Oh my goodness, what is it? I'm gonna go die. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my first Azura um, is Aelthrin, um, who I still have to this day, so I will get my 10 year rewards in January. Um, but it was, it was, so really you haven't fun. played that character in that then this long, so long that you forget the name of the race of it. The only times I've played the character really since that time. Um, I did level it up, but then um, I parked that character in different areas of the world when Living Story was happening. I want to say, was it season, what was the season where we had Ember Bay and... Um, season three. Was that season yeah. three? So uh, when you could get daily rewards and things like that, I started parking different characters um, yeah. around different zones and would log in and, and get rewards that way. And that's when I started kind of being more active on the different characters but yeah that was my origin it was all for uh learning it was for school um it was the impotence behind uh, a course that i ended up developing which was mmos in the classroom and i taught english alongside oh. of mmos um we didn't use guild wars 2 at that point because of reasons but i did return back to it and use guild wars 2 for a game development course that i taught five years ago um but originally yeah it was impetus for all of those things and I loved it, but like I said, I lost access to it when I had to move on from that computer. And it wasn't until I moved um, up here where I am now, and that was eight years ago. So there was a two year, a year and a half um, break that I took before I got back in. Um, and I'll, I'll tell that? a little bit more about when I jumped back in because that was before I met Alona. That is such an interesting start to playing the game. Yeah. yeah. Mine's just wow. boring. I played Guild Wars 1 and was excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, now, hold on a second. I have a question about that. Okay, so yeah. you started in around January, you said, of yeah. the of the time the game started. So, so like a few months after it started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when did you end playing before the two-year break? So the last thing I remember was the election. 
So mm. okay, whatever that whenever that was, I think that was, that was still... sometime before, like near the beginning of the summer, maybe. I'm not sure. Summer. I'm not sure. So, so did well, you experience? Just to make sure, did uh-huh. you experience um, the first uh, the first mm. April Fools thing? Mm, no, I didn't. I don't remember the first April Fools, and I missed a lot of the first season Feast festivals. Yeah, I was so th- I was definitely confused because that was, you know, also part of that time where if you were not in every week, things were happening so fast. And yes. as I just kind of dropped in the world in January and it was very Chaos. confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also one of those things too where I you know, sometimes with different oh, games that you play, oh, oh, oh. I feel like you have Did I lose you? Yeah, just for yeah, a second. You went uh binary. Yeah, you sounded like you were dropping into a wormhole. Oh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I was saying was, um, I don't remember. I was talking about um, other games. Oh, yeah. Um, where, uh, you know, there's games where you'll get, you'll log in and, you know, an MMO or whatever, what have you. And there will be a lot of notifications on your side about all these events and things like that. And oftentimes you need to be a higher level in order to interact with them. And so I remember in that first, those first, you know, few months that I did play feeling like I, this is not for me and not realizing that I missed a lot of things that I could have participated more in Mm. because I remember, I remember like was frost and flame that I, um, I only paid attention to, it was like, oh, I think maybe that there's something I could do with this. And it was like the last day two of it. Um, and so really kind of jumping into that. Uh, so it was, it was kind of eye opening to me realizing, oh, wait, this is not, um, you know, there's something at, at every level that you actually can play. You don't need to just level up to the end in order to be active in this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Uh, did we want to answer the question, the queer focus? So I was, yeah, I was trying to answer in chat. Uh, Do you want to answer uh, talking? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the first question is, what are your thoughts of a pure dot focus spec for the necro? I thought, like, I know you were replying, but I thought hashtag she mains necromancer. She might Ah. have thoughts on that as well. I don't really know what pure dot means. Well, dot is uh, damage over time in other games. So damage over time in Guild Wars 2 is the conditions. Yeah. Conditions. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with with Boots here. Uh, Scourge for me was revolutionary. Uh, I remember when I fully switched over to Scourge, and I was actually on with Alona. Alona, do you remember this? Uh, it was during the right the beginning of Pathfire, right? Mm-hmm. And we were on, and I said, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm going to swap to Scourge to do the story, which you were thinking, I remember you saying, oh. Uh. <laughs> Maybe you should do story on something you know. <laughs> yes, I still I still stand by that uh, method. <laughs> I might be the only person who does, but I do stand by that. <laughs> and I'm I'm much more of a, a risk taker, and I jumped into Scourge, and I felt like I had five left thumbs. Yeah. Uh, you were like you're like you were walking through sand. No, oh yeah, I I could not figure it out for for a little bit, but then uh, it became uh, you know I got the muscle memory for it, figured out exactly how I wanted to do um, do it all. And scourge remains probably my favorite specialization, even though mm-hmm. I don't use it right now. But it was still super super fun. 
Yeah, Scourge right now uh, is one of the more powerful, not the most powerful, but the more powerful um, uh, condition damage plus supporting specs for endgame content. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I dislike the fact you can't keybind an attack for pets. Yeah, like none of the minion-y builds let you... Although the the newest uh, engineer one does doesn't doesn't yeah it? so yeah so there are some classes okay so for example like I was saying ranger and mechanist now the new engineer uh, elite spec mechanist they mm-hmm. have like part of their identity of their class is having a pet it's not just utility skills that you tack on like the minions in, in ranger uh, in uh, for necromancer or like the elementals you could summon as an elementalist. Um, it's like part of their identity. So their pets actually have a bunch of buttons, the F1 abilities, F1, F2, F3, F4, whatever, that let you command your pet to do things. So it's a lot, you have a lot more control over it than you do with the minions. Yeah. Yeah. So that, if that, if that's something you like, if you like controlling a pet, then Ranger or the new uh, engineer elite spec might be for you. Also for conditions, like, I mean, I still think, well, maybe I'm not up on the meta for like, the, <laughs> for for builds or anything. I just find what I like and I play that. But Mesmers are also quite good for conditions. If you like that kind of damage over time build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they're the most, it's, I mean, it's a, a variant you could do that way. I think the more, the strongest Mesmer builds aren't like that, but I, I'm a big fan of Condi builds, so... Yeah, I like Condi builds too. Gotta be honest with you. I I think, I'm trying to think, is there any class that doesn't have a, a decent Condi build? No. They, I, they That was a change that they made. I remember when they did like a really big overhaul, I want to say five or six years ago, that there was that kind of spread that happened. When they, when they really made it better for conditions across the yeah. board where like yeah. they were actually getting the love that they deserve and that you could actually use them appropriately. Get credit for things. Yeah. There was a, there was a time if, if you could believe it, we're talking, we're doing a reminiscence of all the 10 years of guild wars two. Now there was a time in guild wars two, if you could believe it, that I don't believe it. Uh, bosses in world and a lot of objects in world could not be damaged by conditions. Mm-hmm. And yet that was the main bread and butter for some builds, yeah. So, like some classes, like classes in particular, mesmer and 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 necro, yeah. They yeah, they yeah. did a lot of conditions, but they didn't actually do damage to world bosses with conditions, unfortunately. So they had to they fixed that. I think a year or two into the game, uh, and on top of that, the conditions like damaging conditions like burning and uh, poison didn't stack. So if you gave something burning. And someone you're playing with next to you in the open world gave something burning. You didn't both do damage to the boss. Only one of you did damage to the boss. Wow! So they fixed that as well. About that. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, they had to rebalance a lot of things because of it. Because, yeah, <laughs> that, I also that's a really. Feature. I know originally there were certain condies that the kind of exclusive to specific professions. <laughs> So, and I kind of miss that because Mesmer had confusion, Necro had fear. Um, were there any other ones that were unique or were those the only, there was one that had, was it, I can't think. 
Hmm. I, I, I think like there were there were definite uh, there were I think it was that balance they're, they're trying to find the balance right of having yeah. each class have each profession have unique skills to it that are are recognizable um, and are interesting and unique to play but then also balanced in that you know like with what we're saying with the conditions where when that was not having the impact it should have had then you're not feeling that it's a a good use of your time to play that and it's not as fun um and so you know i, I remember them doing work to really find the the balance but in some mm-hmm. of the balance that meant that you ended up losing some of the unique features for each class yeah and that's and that i mean that keeps as the game has progressed that has happened in a variety of ways like you know the the we talked on the last show i think it was both the the dungeon vendors and and how and how now that you get tokens that you could spend on armor and weapons mm. from any dungeon. Oh yeah, yep, yep. So they so very they're streamlining a lot of things. But I mean, when a game gets ten years old and ginormous, yeah, you kind of have to start looking for those those yeah. uh, things. That... So two years after I stopped playing, it was twenty fourteen that um, I moved and got a new computer, got things hooked up. And uh, it was it was a little bit over two years because it was in the winter again, or you know, it's nine months of the year is winter here, so I don't remember exactly when. But I remember <laughs> being cold and not having much going on, um, and so I thought I would log in again. I started a a new character, which is a Norn called Sigurd, which I still have, um, and uh, I decided to level her from zero all the way from level one all the way through. Um, and it was at that point that, uh, I found Guild Wars 2 Reporter because I was, you know, playing with a new character and I thought, oh, I'm going to look up information to help me out with this. Um, and I, I found Guild Wars 2 Reporter. We're not good at knowledge. (laughs) I devoured it though. I remember, you know, going through the entire back catalog, um, and just, you know, loving it because I think the difference was, you know, I was really looking to hear from people who, who loved the game. And you could tell that from the way you both, you know, you and um, Celeste talked about the game. Um, You know, that it was just clear that you had so much fun. And I remember thinking, not skill. (laughs) I want to be a part of that. I want (laughs) to, you know, (laughs) I want to, um, I want to learn about it. I want to. I want to do what you all do. I remember the thrill when I was able to catch you all live, and I remember talking in chat a couple times, and you calling out my name and answering a question, and I thought, <laughs> "Oh, I've made it!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was it was amazing. And then um, you know, I was in game, but feeling a little bit lost and I think we've shared this story in one of our episodes here or there at some point in the past I don't know six years but um I uh I ended up writing a poem to Alona asking to be uh a member of the guild of of Mock and I don't have the poem so I don't remember what it was um (laughs) but uh I sent it your way and uh the rest is kind of history join the guild and here we are today i was a sucker I mean, for a poem that's so 
cool, actually. I, I mean, it's very similar to my story with uh, Jose Vasquez as well. I wrote, I wrote a limerick to you two. Um, <laughs> you did not. <laughs> you filthy liar. liar. <laughs> What? Uh, there I once was a, a, a guy named Boots. <laughs> I remember. Wait, was there a limerick? Who wants remember. to be in cahoots <laughs> with two ladies who are called hosts of Ascalon uh, sprawled <laughs> over the title screen of this podcast? That doesn't rhyme. Okay. I don't know how to limerick. So, dear Alona. And mock okay. friends. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Oh my gosh. And listen regularly. I've learned much and laughed more. Hunter Cal and the Pillow roared. No. <laughs> Which is a story in itself. Anyway, I'm a member of a huge guild. Huge. We do a lot of activities, but I find myself longing for the camaraderie of a smaller guild. Hearing you speak of mock and the fun you all share together sounds so appealing to me. Therefore, I offer this poem in hopes that you'll possibly, maybe, with four exclamation marks or question marks, consider me to be to be continued, reached cut off. (laughs) And then the next message. Because it took it took two in-game messages. <laughs> Mock, a poem. M. Many friendly people sharing fellowship and fungence. O. Only laughs and hunters groans aloud. C. Cantering and bantering through Tyria together. K. Kiting, fighting, trapping, laughing, wowed. Okay, cheesy, but there it is. Thanks. Hashtag. Oh that God. is so cute. <laughs> So embarrassed. <laughs> the next, the next picture I have is uh, some Norn cosplaying as Winnie the Pooh. How do you ha- <laughs> wait? How did you put that up, pull that up so fast? Do you have? I, like, is it- I have an album on my phone called GW Two, <laughs> and oh, I and in rather than screen capping uh, things that I see in game, oftentimes I will just take a photo of it with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Low five. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's, I've been known to stick post-it notes of notes of memos to myself on my phone rather than just putting a note in my phone. So, Amazing. you know, whatever works. Wow. <sighs> that's awesome. I, I thought, like, I'm pretty sure I have that on my phone. I'm going to look. <laughs> and that so. was right before Heart of Thorns because that was when Heart of Thorns, either right before or around that time it was announced <laughs> and the hype train was rearing full ahead um and so heart of thorns was the first time i participated in any sort of beta content huh okay all right all right well i i just okay (laughs) so i think you played around the time but i guess you missed so the first beta weekend if we're gonna get back to the reminiscing for Uh just a second the first (laughs) not the first beta weekend the first april fools okay that was the first like mind-blowing thing that came into the game for me Super Adventure Box was the first April Fools. Yeah, I did not have that. The first April Fools that I remember was the the airplane retro. School. Yeah, that was a few yeah. years down the line, I think. That's so that awesome. must have been after your break. Yeah, you know, I kind of forgot uh, Road. Um, I kind of forgot that Sab started as yeah, yeah. It was the April first Fools. April Fools. Yeah. So the so Halloween was the first festival it was the first festival yeah and that came just after south sun cove i believe was it after okay so south sun cove this event (laughs) 
nearly broke me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not only did my husband get something he sold for 300 gold when I maybe had three, <laughs> but I took the day off work. This was like at the time, like it was it was a truly alive one t- one yeah. shot event. You had to be in the game to play it. There was no going back to do it again. And it was just amazing because you were you you got onto South South So Sun Cove and the the waypoints were like in like a cart and you and everyone were trundling across the island with the ND- NPCs setting up the the waypoints in South Sun Cove. You were creating the map. We were helping, not really, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it was like the, the the main of, so, but it all started with the attack in Lion's Arch where the car could come out of the water. And so I was on uh, a computer at, that decided that it needed to do a Windows update immediately and <laughs> shut my game off. Oh, no. And, oh, and no. I couldn't get back into the same map that everyone I was playing with was on. Oh, no. I missed a very pivotal event because I was like, I was furious. Oh no. <laughs> furious. I, yes. Yeah. Death by invisible crab legs. There was also that, like there was so many things happening during that event that you just, <laughs> that didn't <laughs> populate into game and you had no, you died and you had no, idea. there's nothing around me. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So here's the thing. Um, but still good memories. amazing memories right and okay so i think we gotta i don't know if our listeners a lot of our listeners are probably people who picked up the game in its more current state right so they're not necessarily people who started playing 10 years ago so but they're aware now because they've they're starting to get living world season one back right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they're aware of probably what had happened for season one previously in that um arena net came out of the gate after the launch of Guild Wars 2 with a very, very ambitious idea. Super ambitious. And that idea was every two weeks, (laughs) every two weeks would add some new content to the game that you would experience and play that would would leave the game. And then just evaporate. (laughs) Or not necessarily go away because some things in the game would permanently change. Yeah, there was some persistence. Yeah. Yeah. There is things that would permanently change the game as well. So things that we had in the past were gone, like Lion's Arch, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or Kessex Hills. Or Kessex Hills. Kessex exactly. Hills is nothing. Well, not nothing, but like the yeah. the area when you go through Queensdale. It used to look a lot more like Queensdale. Yeah. It was very, you know, there were a lot of trees and it was all green and lush. A beautiful and lake. And there weren't any announcements towards these things. Like all of a sudden, like the community were like, Something's happening in Kessex Hills. There's fewer trees. And it would yeah. be like weeks before it even happened. And I was like, yeah. and the trees would be going away out of this map and no one knew what was going on. Yeah. And a week before the tower, the, I mean, spoilers, there's going to be something coming up pretty soon. But a, a week before the Tower of Nightmares came out, people were hitting an invisible wall in the middle of the Kessex Hill Lake. <laughs> they couldn't swim into the lake anymore. Yeah. And it wasn't because it was like some invisible wall, you know, dev coding. It was literally in the lore that there was a hidden tower there that was hidden by holographic magic that you couldn't get past. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah flip side and chat is updates every two weeks. It was exhausting as a player. Can't imagine how the dev survived precisely. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it did feel epic, mm-hmm. though. It was it, super epic, but, but not entirely amazingly thought out in the long run. 
No, no. yeah, like I and harder I, for players to jump in later on, right? And so there was that sense of if I missed something, you know, it's going to be harder as a beginner to feel like you belong and feel a part of of the world without feeling completely lost. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and Southland Cove in particular was the first one that they released. Mm-hmm. It was the first one they ever released. And because of that, um, I don't think that they anticipated the amount of players that would be playing it. <laughs> With the invisible carca. <laughs> With the invisible carca, exactly. Because <laughs> I don't think they anticipated that, you know, they, they were able to make their servers work because players were spread out over their 25 maps at launch, right? Essentially. Mm-hmm. So the lag was there, but not too terrible because players tended to spread out. And some maps but, were more populated than others. And for some, some worlds, were some worlds were more popular. Exactly. Now for the, <laughs> for the cargo event though, um, everybody was in one map and that crashed <laughs> the world <laughs> <laughs> and this was before mega servers exactly yeah yeah. Oh, yeah yeah um before their servers were optimized so it was wild we were all told to wait in lion's arch for the thing to start and like lion's arch was attacked by these carker creatures and for me my experience was i was in lion's arch uh, a million other people were in lion's arch and then all of a sudden i see something purple jump out of the water <laughs> and then the game crashed <laughs> so you had a similar experience, but you couldn't blame it on Microsoft. I could not. So <laughs> so I, I was not able to experience the attack on Lion's Arch from the Karka, but mm-hmm. I was able to play. I, I turned all my settings down to zero. I think they, <laughs> they changed a few things. And I was able to play the uh, actual South Sun yeah. aspects of it, but very carefully. There was I had still a friend- invisible Karka in South Sun, though. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was able to complete it. I think once, maybe twice, but a friend had a better computer than me. And he did that thing that a lot of people were doing back then um, where he like used a lot of different characters or he kept on logging in and out and switching maps so that he could complete the event multiple times and get Uh, as many um, precursors as possible. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think he ended up with three, three precursors out of all that. Yeah. And I think, I, I can't remember if it was actually announced or not, but yeah, they upped the precursor drop rate for that event specifically. I think it was announced. Was it announced? It could have been. I can't remember. It was it was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but that was so anyway. Good. That was wild. It <laughs> was, and uh, for the two week cadence, like I I had been pretty diligent. You know, I was excited. I was playing. I was having a great time. And something there was something going on around Sky Pirates, and I wasn't able to complete all the metas for those. And that was just like I had an incomplete, and I was just I was I was like, oh, sad panda. So I was doing so good for a while, but now I can do them again, sort of. They're new. So you know me; I'm not a meta achievement getter. So except you have flawless escape and deathless escape. Yeah, Uh. but by accident. Oh my god. <laughs> my point is though that so I played through all these things. I, I made a point to play every release and I did. But I never thought about it at the time that I should be doing it for the achievements. So I never actually completed all the achievements of the of all the releases. And those are still locked away for me. So I don't know if I I still don't care that much, but <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I, I look in like his, if I go shit. into historical and look at like in the, the South or, or uh, Sky Pirates, and I'll just see, oh, <laughs> yeah, so sad. Yeah. I I have all of them unlocked, and I think I have like one or two achievements done for all of them, but not all of them. All of them. I was pretty pretty hardcore achievement hunter for a long time. I've I have super gone mellow on that <laughs> like like I used to like get all the collections and all the things and all the achievements and now I'm like I no no I'm good I'm just gonna like toodle <laughs> I'm just gonna toodle around and do some fun stuff <laughs> so I was very low on achievement points when I joined mock I was probably and about, then and then I was happened. probably about 1500 or so 2000 and and then they started racking up because I actually started doing events and things like that. And, and you started doing a lot of fractals too. I started doing a lot of fractals. Um, and so they started to kind of, you know, increase. And then I noticed that uh, if you sort the guild <laughs> members by achievement points, you can, you know, you get sorted on different pages. And suddenly I had this goal to make it to the first page of Mox Guild. Um, and, Have and you checked to see where you are lately? Hey, where, oh, I'm sure I'm going to find that. Page. I'm trying to look for by achievement points. Uh, so if you are if you open up the Guild menu and then you click on the uh, achievement, po- you're looking at the list of people in your Guild, you just click on the achievement point icon and it'll sort by achievement points. Achievement um, point icon. Yeah, the little arena net symbol. Um, and so it, it's, it's habit now. It's the first thing I do every time I open the killed panel. Um, but it wasn't until, so, so I, I was being very sneaky about it. I was not telling anybody and I was <laughs> now that's all slowly like crawling my way past certain people in the guild and I was patting myself on the back and I was super excited. And then I was right on the cusp, right on the edge of page one. And thus began the great achievement war point war between me and fellow guildy Frick. Um, <laughs> when we would pass back and forth and, uh, and <laughs> have some good ribbing on um, who is going to, uh, move ahead in the guild. It was there was constant stress in my life. Anytime Alona let somebody new in the guild, not because I didn't want them to be in the guild, but because of what if, what if they had a lot of points? <laughs> and then, so, so I should like when I announce if I do any guild uh, recruiting, I should like must have low AP. <laughs> Keep it below. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, hi, Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Pebbles hops in chat just as we're talking about Frick. <laughs> um, yeah, so so it was pretty fun. Um, I, I built my way up to about, you know, I don't know, uh, one third of the way up the, up the page and felt pretty settled there for a little bit until uh, I had to take some breaks from the game, um, which have pushed me back down again. I think, I think boots, I'm still ahead of you. So I'll take uh, that as a, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh yeah. Boots. What's the roster? I, uh, okay. I, I found it. I found it now. Okay. I'm missing a lot of points from end of dragons. So I definitely need to get some of those uh, quick wins. Yeah. Flip slide. I think you, you might, 
you were Festio the top, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hash, are you Sig? Who are, which yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, you're Sig. Yeah. No. That. No. You're still on the first page. Okay. Whew. Moral victory. <laughs> Can we uh, quickly add a couple of people to the guild? Yeah, sure. Do they, how much AP do they have? Uh, oh, well, we could add Valen. He's got... 48,000, I think. Jeebs. No. Jeebs Weebs. That's a lot. He's like number two on the all time list. Me down. I'm, I'm well, what, number, am I number four or five on the list? for On this list, you're number three. Number three? Okay. Yeah, so I never really cared about achievement points beyond, uh, so I'm not a completionist because I don't do well with timed challenges. They stress me yeah. out, which is why, yeah. you know, our, our faded um <laughs> fallen yeah that will never happen anyway um so let's play escape and flawless escape yeah exactly so <laughs> i i don't enjoy those types of achievements so i'm not i'm not a completionist in that way and i don't enjoy doing the same instance 30 times to just get yeah. one little thing so uh, more power to folks who do enjoy that i'm so glad that there's multiple ways to play the game and that people really do enjoy that um, but for me, it was more just kind of the the fun, easy wins, the ways that I could rack up my points, and the ways that I could quietly crawl my way <laughs> up the charts until until I started podcasting, and suddenly it was a little bit more public <laughs> <laughs> as I was calling out folks because I was losing my, my, it's my no talk. more being quiet when you have a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> But I am much more of a completionist in certain ways. I am a festival Collections. completionist. So festivals are usually easier for me to get, you know, the full meta. Um, I am, yeah, I think I actually had for season season two and three, maybe, the um, those, um, those episodes, um, I have some of them complete. And again, that was because I was, you know, playing every day. It was, you know, very focused. I was able to work through those achievements. Um, and, and it's a lot easier also to get many of those achievements when there's a huge player base there and you can, you know, get easy ports and you know, there's a, a ground surge to complete the metas and things like that. Make it Which a little is- bit easier. But when you're trying to go back and do old achievements, it can actually be quite challenging for some of them, if you don't have added support. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, that's why, and we talked about it when they were announced, but when they added, you know, rotating dailies for different maps. Oh yeah. For some of the the living world season two, uh, two and three and four, and then, you know, certain maps have the dailies there. So you can go there and they're pretty. And then also the return twos. Did a, breathed a lot of extra life into those, no pun intended for the mm-hmm. charity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into those, I'm not even saying, like, I mean, it's so weird to think older maps because they're like three or four years old now, but they still mm-hmm. seem like new maps to me because <laughs> they weren't at launch. And uh, Chromatic Sim, you've got five eight, 5k achievement points. They're just going to, they're going to pop up like popcorn and you can have more than hashtag in no time <laughs> no time oh, no time you know but that's fine that's fine i need to be inspired to get back in and rack up those points now i know want to know where uh ocho is on the list because i'm pretty <laughs> sure i think you're i think you're doing pretty good there but I yeah know. the i 
the living world, I'm glad that they changed the living world approach to be the seasons. I thought that was great. And there was, I, I think I was a big uh, proponent of, or not proponent, not even advocate. What's the word I'm looking for? I firmly believe they were not going to do expansions at least twice. <laughs> like I thought, well, yeah, at least because Heart of uh, Thorns, I was like, they're not going to do expansions. They're just going to do the living world stuff. And then, oh, they announced Heart of Thorns. And then I, I was adamant this last time they're done with expansions. That's why, you know, the, <laughs> they had the, the flame and frost. Yeah, and I it think was, I pushed and they back pre- on that. And they presented it very much like it almost was an expansion, but it was living world. And mm-hmm. so I was adamant, like, I don't think that they're going to do them anymore. And then end of dragon. <laughs> so like, well, I'm, I think you, based- you might've been right. Honestly, like, I think when we talked about it back then, I think mm-hmm. my response to that was maybe, uh, but I think what they're going to do is try it. And if it doesn't get the response they're hoping for, then they're going to switch back to expansions, which I think is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I st- I mean, I nothing against expansions. Like I'm not going to like poo-poo on any sort of like game release that, you know, is giving me new fun content, new characters that are amazing, Ivan. And <laughs> I <laughs> just, you know, it's all great. But I would like I am very curious for a game that runs that way. The the no expansion route but just new content and story. Yeah, I, I I like that as well. I think the challenge is always um, sustainability and mm-hmm. trying to limit crunch for devs. And and when you know ArenaNet and NCSoft when they went through a, you know hard times a couple of years ago, it was everything that we could you know hope for just to even get some content and then to actually be able to pivot and and get the expansion it was just absolutely amazing and exciting for the life of the game yeah and i was actually just thinking about this like like they've brought in so much with expansions and as time has gone on and more things have been brought in like of course mounts are still a big you know capital b big deal but gliding is like I still glide all of the course. time. Oh and yeah, you don't, and it, it's a huge thing. And you, you, it's just kind of like a quiet thing now, right? Like, but it was a. It feels like part of your character, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was a big announcement and a big part of that expansion, and it's just like, yeah, yeah gliding, sure, yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. I Falling glide. with style. Falling with style. <laughs> it's so interesting the path the game has taken over the years. Honestly, yeah. Like okay, so let's give a quick, quick rundown for everybody here so game launched we had that interesting ambitious living world season one situation where (laughs) no but no permanent content but releases really quickly some releases were really good some releases were a little bit uh tame in comparison to the other releases Mm -hmm. um and then they said to themselves this isn't quite working out we need to slow down um we can't keep up this pace we're going to start bundling these releases together in season two and make larger releases, but it'll take a little bit longer to get them out. And I think at that point they said it was going to be each month, but I don't think it worked out that way. Hmm. Um, so they did that and they did that. And as they did that, I think they were deciding to make, they, they were making the first expansion, Heart of Thorns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they made Heart of Thorns. I think there was a decent amount of um, wait time between season two and Heart of Thorns. But in that time, they had 
uh, a bunch of hype leading up to Heart of Thorns. So they had like a lot of streams showing off things that they're working on, et cetera, et cetera. Was that the big drought or was that between? The big drought came after, after. the first, yeah. after Heart of Thorns. Okay. Yeah. Um, because Heart of Thorns released, but it was so ambitious what they did that they and what they were trying to put into it that they um, didn't quite deliver on all the things they wanted to put into it at first. Mm-hmm. And they had to fix a few things as well. So a lot of work after uh, after Heart of Thorns came out was right. fixing up Heart of Thorns. And then, then they could start working on the next Living World season after that. And that was like eight or ten months after uh, after Heart of Thorns released. Did they start start releasing the, uh, the new season? Of I can't season remember. Three? Was there anything announced for the Heart of Thorns expansion that just never got implemented like at all i can't okay, remember well there is something that got implemented but didn't go anywhere after that that is stronghold pvp right yep so that got that was it a didn't big really deal pick up any You're right. steam. they didn't really tr- continue trying to develop it they just kind of dropped it because people didn't take to it as well as they thought they would um also i enjoyed it hmm? i enjoyed uh, yeah, it yeah it's a it, it's a decent game mode. I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think people just didn't like the idea of um, dealing with the NPCs too much, you know? Ah, uh, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yep. Um, and then another one is Legendary Weapons. Uh, they only released, I think, three of them or four of them. Yes. With... Yes. I remember that. <laughs> yes. Because it, because that was when, um, oh, what's her name, was doing the the journeys for uh, for the Legendary Weapons. And it was so wonderful and rich and, and we knew that it wasn't going to be so wasn't it it was it chumpa that had the last the last one that had uh, a journey i like think so so story. i think or no or was it astralaria was the last one i can't remember the order that but they were yeah. i think it was something like three of them got released with the expansion and then they released one or two more mm-hmm after the expansion that had the storyline and then everyone after that didn't have any storyline attached to it. I honestly, I still say with that one that if they had not put the, the journey type thing into the gen one legendaries and let them kind of live as they were, Mm -hmm. I I think they bit off more than they could chew. I think you're right. And I think it it was very, I think another issue was that they only had maybe, I I, want to say it was two devs working on it, but it might've only been one working on it. Yeah. That would be a lot for one dev. Well, they did a great job on those. (laughs) It was amazing. It was really great, but it was also really, you know, because it was so interdependent with, um, with like tied into different world events or like mini events that were happening in different zones and you had to get, go visit all of these different places, it became really challenging if anything caused those events not to happen or to mm-hmm. break. Or so if everybody's trying to get this this event and in order to get this event, this other event has to fail. And then you're arguing on the map about, hey, yeah. don't do that event because we want it to fail in order to get this thing. And then, you know, it leads to some, um, you know, Strife. some spice. Um, but I mean, the idea was so great because I absolutely love any collection type missions and I really enjoyed, that was my second legendary. So yeah, yeah, that was a lot, it was a lot of fun and it felt, it's the legendary that I feel probably, well, I feel the most connected to as far as the, the journey that I went through to make it. Um, 
and you know one of my favorites so yeah like I did Astraluria and Chuka and Champawat I still so I would say the my first three legendaries are the ones because you know your first legendary of course you're going to have a connection to that one mm-hmm. also it's a chicken harp so I love that <laughs> and then and yeah I I've made Bifrost and uh, Meteorologicus and they're cool and but I mean I don't they're just yeah they're just yeah they're just throwing stuff at the like there's no I don't have an emotional connection to them I only have an emotional connection to Meteorologicus because it was the first one I made and that's yeah that <laughs> yeah, totally that, makes sense the, the yeah, first one why, like, yeah so like Nevermore for me is really special because uh the journey but then my um my uh, scepter, <laughs> Shaquaddle, is special to me in a different way because we had talked about the supposed scepter and hyped it up right. for so, so, so long on this podcast and me predicting, this is it. We're finally <laughs> going to get the supposed scepter. And then uh, it finally did drop and you know I was able to live stream getting it. And that was a lot of fun to have community participation in in that event. Um, so that scepter is, you know, special as well. It's just a different, it's a different memory, right? Like for me, that scepter and the journey there is more related to community and yeah. people coming mm-hmm. together. Uh, and, and that's how that one happened. And never more for me was more of the, um, you know, the journey and learning the game and traveling all over the world and, and building it up that way. Yeah. So Flipside in chat says uh, the journey for each new one should have been in the living world zones instead of the old zones. Um, and I, I see what he's saying about that. That, mm-hmm. that. that would be more interesting for players to experience the new content, but they were going to experience that content anyway, I think. And and I think my understanding is... I think it was just fitting it in, though. I think and they wanted to get the base in, back there. They wanted to get people back in those zones they, so that exactly. beginners didn't feel but alone. But not only that, yeah. I don't think they just wanted to get people back in those zones. I also think that there's an internal discussion probably with the devs. This is just conjecture, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you were there. <laughs> that they were like, hey, look, there's all these events that don't get played very often. Mm-hmm. We worked hard on this contest. It's great content. We love this content. There's some events that always get completed and never fail. And because of that, this whole failure step that exists, mm. nobody ever sees it. How can we get people to experience this content? And that's how it got put it probably into some of these places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's and, good conjecture. And and I think that maybe one of the reasons they only released three or four of them at the beginning is because uh, they weren't sure it was going to work. They weren't sure that this was a good idea. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, this is a lot of work that you're having to do on all these. Uh, let's make sure people like this uh, before continuing to put in all the work for all the other legendary weapons and maybe hold off a bit and we'll release them a little bit later. If people really like what we're doing here, if there's no problems, then we'll continue to put all that work in. But if not, well, let's just turn tone it down a bit like the Gen 1 legendaries. And that's kind of, I guess, what happened. Yeah, I, I feel like there's got to be a happy medium, though. Uh, there should and, be. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about is, it on right? the. Well, because the the um, there's the precursors that you could still make, and I think the precursors have some story to them. It's, yeah, I think it's more throwing gnats at things. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Never I mind just then. and I think yeah we've talked about this. I don't. I don't. F- now, no, you're right. Like I guess the the newest legendaries like the Orin and. I think you have to do story for those, don't you? 
like you had to do story to get the the memories yeah so i guess there's that there is that but i don't know that that really counts as something unique to a particular weapon Mm. but yeah okay i see what you're saying yeah but that that being said caveat (laughs) i've not tried I have not done a lot of the return twos. I didn't get enough of the memories. I'm, this is the part of me like not stressing about those things and not. Wait a second. Working. Did you not do the return twos? No, I've done very little of them. You don't have the amulet yet? <laughs> no. No. Look at the amulet. So I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But this goes down to the I want to not stress about things and I just want to have fun. <laughs> so yeah, do it, do it, you know, loosey goosey like. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of gooses on the loose <laughs> and I need right, to, okay. <laughs> that I need to I'm concentrating on fishing right now since I've decided I like it. That's fair. And how did you figure out how much money you made? No. <laughs> <laughs> because then we got distracted with doing this podcast. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. <laughs> so of course not. But I will go into my uh Guild Wars to companion on my phone and see if uh, see if so well done, chromatic to uh-huh. return to Mars. That's that's good. That's amazing. And while you're looking up how much money you made, uh, we'll continue our storyline of what happened. Yeah. Um, so after Heart of Thorns, about a ten month, uh, you know, drought of content where we were told, okay. Actually, we kind of had to wait a little while to get any information about what was coming up, right? Yeah, they went pretty radio silent. But, I mean, they give us information, something happens, community freaks out, (laughs) they go radio silent. (laughs) It happens a lot. It's like rinse, repeat. (laughs) And, I I mean, around that time is when that infamous uh, post about legendary armor came out as well, I think. Uh, And they said, I think it was 2013, they said... We'll be getting legendary armor this year. 13? And then it was like three years later, I think, that we got it. Oh, and I have 17 chunks of ancient ambergris. Oh, wow. But they're just in my material storage. So uh, 17, you say? Yeah. That's a good 34 gold right there. 35. Yeah. Well done. Well, I need more gold because I spent a lot of it on circus weapons. So yeah, ArenaNet has been burned in the past about making things that they weren't able to necessarily... Uh, Announce uh, things. Announce announce things that they weren't necessarily able to a hundred percent back up, and so they you know they they decided not to announce things that much <laughs> afterwards. And this is also the phase when we started getting a lot more microtransactions, where we started getting more of uh, gem store type things mm-hmm. and and loot boxes. And the reason I remember this specifically because around this time period, because I'm looking at the timeline here. This is when I did teach uh, Guild Wars 2 in my classroom game development. Um, and we played Guild Wars 2 twice a week in class together. And then we would write about it and talk about it and, and, and dissect it in different ways. And I just have to share my favorite memory of all from teaching that class. The only thing that really has stuck with me um, from, what, six years ago was uh, I had um, students who were assigned to write an essay on um, just a couple paragraphs on microtransactions and the impact on the world of gaming, even beyond Guild Wars 2, and just talking about their opinions and thoughts on that. And so I had one student who wrote their essay and another student 
who didn't want to write their essay and so took the first student's essay and ran it through Google Translate about four or five times uh, mm-hmm. and then turned into me the uh, <laughs> translated amazing. essay as a way to get around plagiarizing. But it was hilarious. It was so funny that I read it out loud to the class. Oh, that's mean. Not not in a mean way. Not in a mean way. Like we all, we were good friends. Like I just had to, we had a good laugh about it. I let him write the essay over again. You know, it was fine. But because it was so funny. And I, uh, so instead of um, loot boxes, it would, it translated every time loot boxes is written it wrote plunder confines. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you gotta watch out for those plunder confines. And then uh, when when it mentioned um, game developers, uh, it was replaced with pleasure architects. <laughs> so wow. talking about the pleasure I mean, that's very accurate. And it is just hilarious. And it was it was so funny how it all like when you put it all together and the way that it all read out it was it was a lot of fun so i have good memories of that's great honestly do you think that people and governments would be really that upset about loot boxes if they were called plunder confines (laughs) 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 and frankly i i expect that many developers in the gaming industry would love to be called pleasure architects. Well, and I tweeted about it and there, uh, there was a a dev who was working on um, uh, the old Republic and they, they responded back to me and said, I'm going to put that on my, on my desk under my name. (laughs) Pleasure architect. I've just named the episode already. It's invisible Karka and plunder confines. That's the name (laughs) of the episode. (laughs) Uh, so that was my my interstitial story you can carry on now boots <laughs> uh yeah okay well, anybody story, else here raise your hand if you're a pleasure architect yes. we have <laughs> not talked about the story at all we have not have we sh- should we have i don't know i don't know it's a, it's a remnant i feel like i feel like the story of guild wars 2 is also the story of us right and how yeah. we, how we journeyed our way together and through through the past 10 years and our memories uh, surrounding the game. So I think it's all kind of tied together. I didn't even have a bullet point for story. <laughs> but, <laughs> but suffice to say, if the story was terrible, we also probably wouldn't continue playing. Probably. Like the, the probably. Def- it, but it also has its ups and downs, the story over the years. Well, everything does. Like exactly. game Gameplay, story, you know, it's just there's ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I think... It has, I mean, except for like a dip here or there, the story and the quality of presentation mostly of the story has been on a continuous upward trend in Guild Wars 2. I know um, my friend Key, she still, anytime I talk to her about the game, she still laments the loss of the the cinematic cutscenes where, you know, your character is standing, like the talking heads cutscenes. Yeah. She loves those to death. wild. Because I think that's like a detractor for a lot of people. It is. And she's like, no, I don't like the other one. People are talking to me, but then someone else is talking in the background over top the person I'm supposed to be paying attention to. (laughs) (laughs) I I just like the person fading out and then a new person fading in. So I know who I'm talking to. (laughs) (laughs) She loved it, but I I hear about it frequently (laughs) because she loves it so much. (laughs) I mean, I kind of enjoyed it too. That's how I... um... So one of my earlier Guild Wars 2 series 
was let's role play Guild Wars 2, uh, where I played with a friend of mine, Slaylock. Uh, he and I would play through the core story. And then I think we were doing Living World Season 1 until... I think we just couldn't get together for a little while. So we missed a lot of the <laughs> world season one and then had to uh, pick up again at season two. And then I explained the missing part with like, I was in a coma and that became a huge part of the storyline. Anyway, long story <laughs> short, long story short, uh, it's basically just, you know, going along p- pretending you're the real character. And then during those cutscenes, I would dub over what my character was saying with what I was saying instead, responding to the actual (laughs) in-game NPCs and stuff. It was extremely cringy, but I loved it. And And because it it wasn't really scripted either. I, it was, it was all um, ad lib. So how fun. It was fun. You're a delightful ad libber too. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah. And, Long story short, there was a coma uh, storyline uh, where it turns out that so E was helping us out. If we figure out who E was, and it was um, Wooden Potatoes was playing E in the final episode, yeah. <laughs> um, and E was actually not helping us the whole time. He was trying to get us killed the whole time by sending us on the adventures <laughs> because because previously E was the record holder of the longest coma in Tyrion history, and I beat him in that time that I that we couldn't film <laughs> for the real season one, and he wanted me dead. This is like hashtag and uh, being on the first page of the achievements panel. Yeah, it's like all the drama, manufactured drama. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's fun. <laughs> it also keeps you those sorts of things keep you going through through those drought periods, right? Like when there's yeah. not when there's not a lot of content, you make your own you make your own story, you make your own content in game. And that's you know, I remember even with, with guild missions, right? We have a lot of great memories of <laughs> certain <laughs> guild missions. And you know, we would do the same ones over and over and over, but because we did it as a group and we, you know, things don't always happen the same way. It's kind of like playing D and D in game, right. Where you're um, living it out. And it's just, I have good memories of that. It was a yeah. crucible of eternity, whatever we would do that dungeon, <laughs> the one path. And we'd go up to, just before you go up the stairs, uh, Hunter would say, Oh Captain. guys, we're, I'm going to like buy you all lunch. It's uh, we're doing some really good work here. And then right at that point, the announcer like the cafeteria is closed. <laughs> and he was like, Oh damn guys. Couldn't you couldn't buy you lunch. every time. Every, every time. single time. Oh, and to the point where I always, that runs through my brain when it I'm does, doing yeah. that. <laughs> And also, like in in um, in oh Beetleton, is it Beetleton Estates? Is that the name of the dungeon? Mm-hmm. Beetleton Manor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there, with the, with the pillow, Codicus's Manor. Codicus's Manor. That's it. Thank you. The <laughs> cow and the pillow. I don't know. If, I can. I'm not even sure if I could. You might even remember it better than I do. Hashtag having listened to it and howling when you heard it. But there was uh, my husband was also playing, and there's interactable pillows in one of the upstairs rooms and he picked it up and 
carried it throughout the rest right at the end it was that we're at the final fight we were dying constantly hunter was freaking out on our heads and then he noticed that there was a pillow (laughs) on the ground and he just who brought the pillow (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh there was there was a the story of um he with the white with the white sword with the We're in a dungeon and you're like not doing well. And you're like fully level 80 at this point. <laughs> you know, like we have good weapons, like uh, ascended things and stuff like that. And I don't know. She goes to check something. And she, I'm surprised she told us she was using a, a white level bow that did not have oh, no. any enhancements on it at all. <laughs> So that means that yeah, she must have had it since the beginning of the game. No, know. she no, she did it up from a drop or something. She just and she accidentally equipped it, or you know what? Probably it was she equipped it to look at it and forgot uh, okay. and logged out a game and then logged back in to play. But you know what? I think I did that something somewhat recently where I was like doing something like what's going on and <laughs> well, that happens sometimes. Actually, if you're in PvP. And you want to try out a new build that you don't have the weapon for. You could, you buy those white level weapons from the weapon vendor. Mm-hmm. And then you forget. And then you just have it on. That's probably what it was. I don't. I can't remember if she ever did PvP with me. Possibly that might have been the reason. Yeah. I think more the look of things is more her speed, though. <laughs> okay. How many white level weapons have a good look to them? I don't. Well, she's very thematic when she ma- builds character Uh, so like it's not really about the flash it's about whether it fits the that particular aesthetic aesthetic, she's trying to go for oh still oh who has vote buttons for evan nashblader or ellen keel uh i have i think i have both like physical copies yeah like the actual uh buttons from the election wait did i get one i must have one right i is it in your inventory or is it an, an achievement it's uh it'll be in your bags or not bags. Oh, bag. you're talking about in game. Yeah. I thought you were talking about in real life. <laughs> no. Okay. That makes more sense. Well, I have two icons on this that just have little like, oh, no faces. So I'm going to guess those are the buttons. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm looking. I, I have a lot of things in my bank that are like legacy items. Like I still have like stuffing for the toys from the first winter's day. Oh, yeah. Things like that. <laughs> I still have <laughs> like X amount. I don't even know how many at this point. Um, peach cores. Is it peach? Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> I in still my, have a bunch of those. In my, in my, in my main, on my main bag. So this was. <laughs> so you this need was, those though, right? Well, no, this is from season three. Yeah, you need at least one to make the Aurora, I think. Oh, interesting. So, so this is from season three and there was the the peach tree in the middle of the map on a little island thing and once a day you could shake the tree and get a core and you used it for something small on the map but i was determined that there must be some other eventual reason (laughs) that you would need to have these peach cores and so i was going to do the because they were time gated or and you so do, you do need them. You need yeah, them. so I have well, one. So I have a whole bunch of the crazy thing is it's taking up a bag slot. And Alona knows like I have ridiculous, like not that great management of my bag slots. 
And yet I'm wow. holding on. I don't, well, I don't have, I don't have a lot of bank slots is what it is. So I, you know, I, there it is. I have, I have my peach pit cores on, um, <laughs> on hashtag. By the way, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if this is 100% confirmed, but I think Aurora is supposed to be an in-game reference to Aurora Peachy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kind of like the uh, otter one is Bog Otter, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes, and Alona has her own. Yeah, um, it's Alona. Yeah, but not Night. It's not not Nightum in the game. True. But but there's lots of boots in the game. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll take it. Yeah, the uh, so I have 175 Ellen Keel representation buttons and 60 Evan Nashblade representation buttons in my bank. Oh my gosh! I have and I not- still have two transmutation stones. Oh, I have three Evan Nashblade support banners still. I just yeah. have a lot of junk. <laughs> a lot of junk. Uh, the oh yeah, toy golem frame. Uh, 15 watchwork code fragments, Aetherbade code fragments, and Scarlet's lockbox code fragments. I still have a few of those. Three mystic mining agents. I don't even know if those are. You just never, you just never know. Alona, weren't you the one who held on to the thumb for Uh, a long time? Yes, I have the stone dwarf thumb. It's surprisingly well manicured. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I do still have it. I have a custom arena time token. I have an instant trait reset from when All you right. had to buy trait resets. Oh, wow. I have some weird things that, and now I can't get rid of them. They're just like sentimental. Mm-hmm. I think I got a lot of arena time tokens. And I have a bunch of experience scrolls that I don't know what to do with. Cause I yeah. never level up characters that way. I would like I to be able to sell them to get, to get, if you want to do like, just get rid of them by doing um, key farms really quickly. That's true. I haven't done a key farm in forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, Pebble still has a thumb. Anyway, this is just uh, devolved into let's look through the inventory. <laughs> <laughs> this is a typical Sunday night. On, yes. uh, <laughs> oh, actually, normally that one ends up with us going through uh, our outfits. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> yes. We'll choose, we'll choose one one colorway and then go through all of the outfits and see um, where it looks okay and where it looks absolutely hideous. Yeah, yeah. The the early outfits, their dye channels need to be rethought, I believe, because after a certain point, most outfits look really great where you have your dye set, but like before a certain time when they were character bound and whatnot there there's some there's some janky channels <laughs> some janky channels mm-hmm. all right i think uh before we move on future future do we what do we think about the future for g-dub i mean we're at 10 years the future is bright mm-hmm. so bright you gotta wear shades that's right yeah that's right in space new game engine new game yeah. engine hopefully you think that's coming? I oh yeah, it's got to be. I mean, we we're reaching. Wouldn't you have to? Which means Guild Wars three. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in that part- case, they would just probably use because I feel like creating and maintaining a game engine is an insane amount of work. I think that at that point, if they make a Guild Wars three, they're just going to use like Unreal Engine five or something. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I think we're headed there because we, you know, the current game engine uses a lot of resources and I'm sure it's gotten 
unwieldy and there must be a bunch of spaghetti code in there at this point. Um, and so I'm excited about an eventual Guild Wars 3. And I think it would be really neat if we did jump ahead in, in time. <laughs> I, I, at some point in the future, uh, to just jump off a of flip side and chat, uh, I have constantly yes. on my mind been wanting to make an app game uh, of Polymop. Oh, yeah. Where... Uh, you want it where it linked your AP exactly yeah all the miniatures that are in your account in the AP and then those are the miniatures you could use for polymock in uh I would I would love a mobile game and Mm -hmm. I'd be you know polymock great maybe something else I'd you know I'd be curious to see what they could do with a stripped down version and 16 miniatures <laughs> and there's 905 pokemon so those are pretty similar <laughs> what i really want is um is a dress up app so pull yes. in pull in your your api pull in your characters everything that you've unlocked and you can yeah, easily test out different color options different dye channels different looks um and just have go. a lot of fun there and i think it could be a really fun um you know, play space. I was thinking when I was going through, what was I doing? But I would, I would like that when you're talking to vendors or, well, I guess it's just vendors, but that if you have a skin unlocked, uh, that you could have a toggle where it hides things that you've already unlocked. Mm. Like, like say the, like the circus <laughs> weapon skins for instance yeah. if you like in game you're wanting yeah that would be in game that's just a quality of life thing i would like yeah, but yeah. while we're talking about stuff like that i just throwing that one in there i would like to be able to uh, like a toggle in a in vendor uh dialogues to hide unlock skins mm, yeah would be cool mobile that game that so lets you, you make a currency over. you could use in the main game because that's what we need more currency. I mean, that, I was thinking. I mean, oh, make not make maybe you could unlock, make gold in game. I thought it was like make your make your own personal currency, <laughs> <laughs> like like Boots a, a Lona box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so feature Guild Wars two. Yeah, I think it looks good. We're we're getting a new expansion. Mm-hmm. We're on Steam now, and mm-hmm. we're getting drops for uh, Twitch channels, and that seems to be really bumping up the numbers of people watching. If they could do this more often, every month or so. Uh, we'll get a lot more eyes on Guild Wars 2 on Twitch at least, which means that probably it will get more eyes on the game itself and more you, people come in as Steam to play it. I, I hope so. I just hope that, because I feel like, and I could be wrong here, but when I think like Twitch crowd, I think more of the um, high skill level end game raids slash or PvP kind of style folks. Do you think that I we think will that's also exciting get... to watch for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. Um, I just, I just hope that we don't get so much of that con- that we that we that lose the balance. Yeah, yeah. I, because I, I, it's not that I don't love that crowd as well. Because the Guild Wars Two <laughs> is, you know, and it's it's everything to everybody in a way. Um, but I, I definitely kind of love the the more Animal Crossing style type yeah. play of Guild Wars 2 as I, well. <laughs> I don't think the Animal Crossing style type play of Guild Wars 2 is going anywhere. I think that's going <laughs> to be there no matter what we do in the future. It's just that I think, you know, 90% of the player base is that style. 
Yeah. But I think that if the 10% that we currently have for the more competitive, more end game content focused people, if we could bump that up to like double that number, triple that number from Twitch, if that's, if that's really the people coming from Twitch, then we have a balance of 80, 20% yeah. game instead. That's fine as well. You know, that's, that's great. And it's, right. it'll be better so that we could get some of that content for those people as well. It gives incentive for internet to develop some of it again. Yeah. Last week I watched um, a YouTuber or a Twitch, sorry, not a YouTuber, a, a Twitch streamer. And they're, they're new ish to guild wars too, but they were a big Twitch streamer and they, I, they were fine. Like I like no complaints. Like they seemed like really nice people, but everything that they didn't like about the game, I like about the game. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, we definitely have different perspectives on these things because yeah. I like I love the story. They did not care about story. <laughs> like I like the more casual things. They like the more hardcore. Like so it's like but we both think, like the game, but we just yeah. appreciate different parts of it. That's what makes Guild Wars 2 one of the things that make Guild Wars 2 so great. It's yeah. that it somehow caters <laughs> to that insane diversity of player base. Like you have the people who play 30,000, 40,000 hours in 10 years and continue to play at the high, high level and always find something fun to do in the game. And then you have the people who, you know, jump in and play an hour a month, you know, and love the game as well. Um, And there's no... There's no reason one player should be preferred over another for the devs, and I don't think they are. Yeah. Is there a way on Guild Wars 2 efficiency to see your total hours played? Because I would be curious to see what my... Uh, You can do that even in-game. It's age. If you just do age in-game, it'll tell you that. But um, Boots, when you were talking about the, the the drops and the weekends and things like that, I'm wondering, like, do you think that this could depending on how well this goes and if it continues and with steam, do you think the partner program might go away and go more like this route with the Twitch drops? And Um, I don't know. I I think Twitch drops don't really affect the partner program that much. It helps the people who stream on Twitch in the partner program. Um, It also helps people who aren't in the partner program and stream on Twitch. So I think it's kind of separate in that way. Um, yeah, I think the partner program has its own um, thing that it does for creators. That's good. I know that a lot of people in the partner program have been asking for drops for a long time, even though it's not necessarily only for partners, you know? And uh, yeah, no, I think drops are just a good thing. And I don't think that means the partner program is going to go away. Um, I think the partner program might have to adjust a little bit to to keep up with the way things are changing, but I don't think it means it'll go away. It does different things. Where did you get the full thing hashtag? Um, so I went oh, there. To, I found it. Yep, the bottom of the, the account. So I put so for our auditory listeners, I posted in in chat that I did find that I have played a total of three thousand seven hundred ninety hours across all characters. And during that time, I have died a total of 6,935 times, which means it's 1.83 deaths per hour, which sounds about right. (laughs) Hey, now, I would just like to, I'm just going to go on to confirm and and I'm going to type in age as well. But uh, don't, 
don't be too upset about the deaths per hour because I'm pretty sure mine is higher than yours. So, and I have I've played seven thousand one hundred twenty six hours across all characters. During that time, I died a total of seven thousand seven hundred eighty five times, which is one point zero nine deaths per hour. Wow. Okay, hold on. Age. However, uh, of that seven thousand one hundred twenty six hours, uh, just really quick, uh, Alona has been. 4,680 hours of those. <laughs> Where can you see that? Uh, Characters okay. on efficiency. I just. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what's yours, Boots? Oh, it's on account. Okay. On efficiency. I'm going to efficiency. Oh, and uh, while you're doing that, Cal wants to see an internal battleground that isn't so eternal, like have about six rotating maps. Or, and this could be crazy, a map that, a map setting that is randomized and the randomization is streamed live by anet kind of like laying down settler of Catan map tiles so i have played uh 5600 hours across all characters okay alona you've played more than me and And i have you know way more (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get i get a little more in depth i guess um but i have died a total of Twenty-two thousand two hundred times. <laughs> yeah, but you that's... do all those boots bad builds. Yes. Yeah, yes. and that's why I die so often. <laughs> <laughs> that so that's, that's three point nine five deaths per hour. Um, and just recently, my boots the explorer. Did I tell you about what I was doing? No. Recently? Uh, well, we didn't. I I know what you're doing because I saw it on. Oh, okay. Yeah. On. So yeah, I did the fisherman boots where I leveled yeah. to eighty through fishing. Congrats. I didn't die that often on Fisherman Boots. But Boots the Explorer, just recently in the last two streams, I leveled to 80 by not interacting with anything in-game. Uh, oh. Just just by revealing the map uh, in the core world and then the expansion worlds. Uh, revealing the map, doing the points of interest and the waypoints, but not touching anything. So not doing vistas and stuff like that. And wait, because... Wait, wait. You're, so you're just, you're just moving around the world. You're not... What if you get into combat? You run away or die. <laughs> um, and and I deleted my weapon, for example, and I, I un, un, uh, assigned my interact key, the F key, so I can't actually accidentally talk to anything. <laughs> um, wow. But so, yeah, so I'm 79 I logged into now. one of your I'm, streams, remember, during this? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm almost 80, so I'm going to finish that next stream. But the point is, because I out-leveled the maps... Uh, sorry, the the maps out-leveled me. I had to get to like level 80 maps at level 45 to mm. get more experience. And because of that... Don't you get a lot Lucy of glancing Explorer, at that point? I, oh, you're not fighting I, things. Never mind. No, I'm not. I'm trying not to fight things, but yep. things would kill me in one shot uh, <laughs> running around the map. Mm-hmm. So I think I've only played Boots the Explorer for like 14 hours, but it already has 166 deaths. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know... 12, 12 deaths per hour. It's a, it's a bit much. I, guess. I can imagine how many of those deaths are due to pocket raptors and <laughs> pocket raptors are actually too slow to react. Um, it wasn't so bad. If as when you're on a mount, the pocket raptors don't get you. It, it was an or oh, mostly you play with the mount. There. It was the ranged attackers. Mm-hmm. Mm. So as soon as something hit you from ranged, you're popped off mount and then they attack again. You're dead. Soloable fractals and story dungeons, flip side saying, is what they would like. That would be almost like in Guild Wars 1 with like either henchmen or heroes, Mm -hmm. where you could, like, you know what, I'm going to hire some goons (laughs) to go in with me. Do you think they would ever add that? Probably not, right? You know, they have a history of it. 
with Guild Wars 1. Yeah. That might be kind of an interesting way of like, you know, here's some content and the rewards for it wouldn't be as big like you cuz you might you want people to interact with other players, but that might yeah. be that might be an interesting thing to add in with a new expansion. <laughs> Because what else are they like? Okay, we have gliding. Well, they did, we have mounts, they did the emboldened raids. Yes. So we have. We, although we still haven't done any of those, I'm very excited mm-hmm. about them. Um, yeah, we could hire Koss. Undead Koss could join us. Perfect. <laughs> That'd be great. No, I think that might be an interesting approach to. I can see them not doing that for raids at all. Like just just for like dungeons and fractals. Yeah. Okay. Anything, or or even like story mode dungeons, but yeah, sure. But I mean, Maybe. there is looking for group as well, and it's pretty successful. But at the same time, sometimes you don't want to deal with other people yeah, <laughs> in a, in a massively like, multiplayer game. <laughs> I do feel like they want to encourage people to talk to each other, though, <laughs> and interact with each other, rather than giving them the option not to. That's uh, four that's, or five player content. That's true, but I mean, sometimes I don't know. I, okay, sometimes so you just don't, a, sometimes you just want to just some alone. No, I time. know. I agree. I agree, and I think I think that's <laughs> why they shy. make. I think that's why they make story soloable to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Like all basically all story instances are soloable. Are they? The dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> they, no, they 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 are. <laughs> they are okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, Apparently, I have low death count comparatively. I don't I'm a think huge I've chicken. ever done story like every time I've run through story, I've always done it solo at first. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But am I the only one who's shocked by this? <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I was gonna say though. So, but for five men and five men content that's designed as five men contents like dungeons and fractals. Although it would be interesting to have like that new technology of a hero that you could control, I guess, in some limited ways, but like gives you boons and stability and stuff like that. Uh, it would be cool, but I feel like just like I think in Guild Wars 1, it was a a bit of a cap- capitulation to mm-hmm. their low player count. I feel like if they were introducing it into the game today, it would be a capitulation to a low player count. Well, okay, sorry, say that again. I was reading chat. <laughs> what, what, what would be a capitulation to look? I'm sorry. Creating just, NPCs to replace uh, players. Uh, I don't think it would be, though. I think it is. I think it would. I personally would think it would serve a purpose for a certain portion of the player base. Not that it has nothing to do with the number of players on. It's just those how those people might like to play. And also, it, it brings out that little... Um, like in Guild Wars 1, like you, I want to try this hero and that hero and this and then put these things on them and tell them to do these things and see how it works. And like, oh, that didn't work. Let's figure out something else. Like that, it's a different type of play style hmm. for that. But um, yeah, and yeah. Th- yeah, yeah, I was thinking specifically dungeons, flip side, not personal story or living story. That I agree, those you can do. I often do do those solos. So. But you were talking yeah. about dungeons solo. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking more about dungeon stuff, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. So where do we think, so if we're, if we're kind of, we're wrapping up 10 years now with with Guild Wars, um, and, you know, we do our prediction shows annually around the new year, but if we're thinking bigger picture, 
do we want to have any any thoughts on do we think Guild Wars 2 will still or let's just say Guild Wars and leave the two off. Um, do we think Guild Wars will still be around in another 10 years? Oh boy, that's a good question. Well, considering I have that in the closer, yes. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> I didn't look There's at that. Closer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Professional but, but, podcasters. <laughs> but when I was... I, you, yeah. It's hard to say... Go on, Boots, sorry. I think it's, yeah, I think it's very possible. I think so. I think it, I don't know if active development necessarily for the game in 10 years. I actually think, I think there will be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be bold and risky here. Okay. And say yes. And so I think that, (laughs) I think it will still be around. And I think there will still be an active player base. And I still think that there will be, developers for it and the reason why is guild wars 2 has managed to adapt it in the past Mm -hmm. 10 years it has not stayed constant it has shifted and sometimes it's shifted a little bit too far this way a little bit too far that way it's changed a little bit in different ways that have been more or less appealing to various you know parties but it has been willing to try new things. And that's what Mm -hmm. excites me because we know, I I think that that's going to continue on. And I think that they will try some new fresh things as new technologies advance. Um, You know, the game may look very, very different. Uh, The game will look very, very different Mm -hmm. in, you know, in five years, in 10 years. But I think that there will still be some sort of, you know, the heart of Guild Wars will live on. I I agree. The heart will live on in some way for sure. I think just practically though, I'm trying to think of the game in 10 years. So let's say on average, probably a little bit longer, but on average an expansion every two years, two and a half years. So that means in 10 years, we'll have probably four new expansions, maybe three or four. But does that also count a new a new game? So a complete reset. Yeah. You're saying you're saying you're thinking of Guild Wars. Oh, so just Guild Wars in ten years. Yeah, Guild Wars yeah. will exist in ten years. That's sure. what I. Yes, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm going okay. for. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. And if we keep it to Guild Wars two, like Guild Wars one, like Guild Wars one still has a fairly thriving player base, and they are still doing yeah. moderate updates to it, like not not anything massive by any means mm-hmm. but even so like guild wars 2 this is built it exists virtually it is out there like flipping a s- switch just to shut it off just to shut it off doesn't make they wouldn't i don't think any sense do to that. me yeah like like i don't know if Not for a while at least yeah like i think even even if there is a, a three like there's still a place for one. There will still be a place for two. Unless there's an energy crisis and they don't have power for for frivolous things like video games anymore. Why are you bringing reality (laughs) in? I mean, other, (laughs) other, other games have sunsetted, right? Just because that they have an active player base, they are an MNO doesn't guarantee that it's going to be around forever. So there is, there is that, but yeah. But I'm also kind of taking, what we know, like Guild Wars, like Guild Wars One, is still there. But again, it, it's a very small game by comparison. There mm-hmm. is, you know, that way. But at the same 
time, I, I digital digital space is cheap in a way, like, and it's going to get. Well, I mean, you're right time. actually in that case because serve the smaller the game gets, the less um, intensive the the resources the servers mm-hmm. will take for it. Right. It only becomes an issue if technology advances so much that it's hard to deprecate back to like to yeah. to be able to play old things. It's like, can yeah, we yeah. can we play eight tracks on our you know, <laughs> CD players or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And Flipside has a, a great point. Guild Wars t- one, Guild Wars one has become the lore archive, and Guild Wars two can become the same thing for True. whatever comes next. So mm-hmm. you know, if you Guild Wars play, three in space, yeah. And so when you're doing that, and they're making mention. You know, oh, here's this free to play game where you can experience some of what they're talking about. Like, oh, here's this little tidbit. I want to experience mm. it. Still can. So, so I, so talking about Guild Wars two, Guild Wars two specifically in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I think, there's limited amount of stuff they can do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, like, I, it's going to be hard to do more than another three expansions for sure two expansions maybe even uh content wise not content wise as in story because i think they i mean the, the the writers are very good writers they could come up with any kind of story the content the where we go the new places to go there's the, entire sides of the globe that we haven't been to though yeah yeah but it can be but, somewhat repetitive, I think, with the the types of landscaping and the things that can be done with the game engine. You know, and they could, there's little pockets of like the map that are um, still fog of word. It's not a mm-hmm. word, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they could go down. Like right, it is right. just like, it's a very, like, it's a tubular map. I know, but it, I guess it's a more of a question of not whether they can, because the map exists, but what are they should yeah um and and i i there is something to say about not needing to stop where we stopped in guild wars one you know mm-hmm. uh we could we could make guild wars to create new things that we've never seen before obviously um and and i think i mean i again i always wanted to go to after kantha i wanted to go to the mists and i think we could probably do that into space, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think besides just storyline, besides the places we go, it's, it's how much each character can handle elite spec wise. Well, I think the final, the final and balance final is going to be. Yeah. I think the final scene of Guild Wars two, um, I have, I have two predictions for <gasps> uh, the final, like the final Sorry. parts. I think that, it's either going to be in the final scene or like uh, a, a stinger on the end of the credits. Uh, we're finally going to get into the wizard's tower. <gasps> that has to be a thing. Um, and then weird. I think somewhere in the last season, maybe we will unfog the dominion of winds. Oh, or the book closes and it's, we find out snargle glow claw is E. <laughs> of Ooh, course oh my goodness it makes so much sense <laughs> and and this whole game was them oh, writing a book it was written by snargle Goku. <laughs> <laughs> the entire world it is of a Tyria. dream within a dream <laughs> jenna and logan <laughs> were just nom de plumes of 
Logan, Rogan, and Scritlock. What was the? What was I can't the, remember. I want them to do another one of those magazines. That was like the virtual magazine that they put out for Tyria. That was that so yeah. good. I just love the Snuggle comics. I need to look up and see if those are still, if there are any newer ones of those. There's so many. So many. I love those. I was following that for a long time. Yeah. All right. Should I close her out now? Yep. I think we're good. And that is it. That is the show. To get in touch with us, you can message Boots on Twitter at World of Vendors, in game at Bootsper, B O O T T S P U R R dot 9184. And maybe most importantly, on YouTube at World of Vendors. Oh, they think Twitch. What's Twitch? This happened last time. We still <laughs> were terrible with your section. <laughs> What's your Twitch? Oh, uh, it's B O O T T S underscore. There you go. Boots on Twitch. Contact hashtag on Twitter at hash the tag, H-A-A-S-H the tag, or S-I-G-G dot one seven three five in game. Engage Alona at one big pair as in the fruit or in game at one big pair dot one two four nine. And as mentioned at the top of the show, you can message us at hostvascalon at gmail.com or on Twitter at hostvascalon using your trusty Twitter machine. <laughs> you can subscribe to Host of Ascalon on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and more. Spotify or Stitcher and more. Just Spotify, Stitcher and more. It doesn't need to be or. Uh, whatever. Or you can hop over to our website, hostofascalon.com to listen directly. A reminder that you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash hostofascalon, where if you choose, you can support us with a $1 monthly donation that will go towards our podcasting hosting fees. We live stream the show at twitch.tv slash hostofascalon approximately every third Wednesday. I haven't changed that yet. That's a complete lie. <laughs> at 9 p.m. Eastern, our next live Twitch show should be at some point in the future. I did think to <laughs> Good show, boots and hashtag. Thank you to our Twitch squad for coming out to the live show. To them and everyone listening. Here's to the next 10 years.